Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Uncanny Inn. Tonight, you will be visiting Room 8, where you will hear Kikimora by Reddit user Camp Goodfish, followed by Nana. In high school, I had a friend named Eric. Eric was a year older than me, with no siblings. He lived a block away, and some days we would go to his house to do homework. His parents got home late, so we usually had the place to ourselves. The privacy was nice, but it left the home quiet. Most days we'd finish our work and play video games, but sometimes we'd find some sort of adventure to go on. One day, Eric didn't want to do our usual activities. I asked him what he had in mind, and I'll never forget his reply. Let's talk to the ghost. Not wanting to seem chicken, I decided to play along. How do we do that? He told me his house was inhabited by a spirit that could be found in most homes. It was called a Kikimora. It had introduced itself to him one day. Of course I didn't believe him, and I told him so. Eric said he'd show me, then went off behind the fridge in the kitchen. When he came back, he held a dirty sticky pad with a dead mouse glued to the surface. Follow me. He spoke before walking towards his dark basement. At the top of the stairs, he knelt with his hand holding the dead mouse in the darkness between the steps. Kikimura! He called in an almost song-like voice. Something in the shadows shifted almost immediately. He looked at me with his hand still out. She's not a bad spirit, he laughed and looked into the dark. She just doesn't like sunlight. Most of them stay in basements. This one likes the mice I feed her. The sound of movement echoed downstairs again. Then a sick, chewing sound started. Eric smiled. She's eating it. Come here, if you look now, you might... He stopped waving me forward. His face flushed pale at the sound of a louder crunch. A whimper escaped his lips, and he lifted his hand up and held it out. The white of bones peeked out of his now fingerless stubs. Chewing continued from below as strips of red splattered the floor. Then his throat-ripping screams filled the house. I remember stumbling back onto my butt, scooting away from him as he screamed. I managed to trip my way to the main door and shut it behind me. The wood didn't block the sounds of pain from inside. I ran until I got to my house and didn't stop until I was in my closet. Once behind the coat hangers, I blacked out. Eric was committed after that and his family moved. I didn't get a chance to speak to him again, but recently I've been thinking about it. When he said the Kikimura live in most homes, I didn't want to believe him. But lately, I've been hearing it, waiting in the darkness. If you listen, you might too. Be careful if you feed it. I always had a special connection to my Nana. She was more of a second mother. Sometimes I even entrusted her with a little more than I did my own birth giver. It was no secret I was her favorite grandchild. Everyone knew this, but they didn't really mind. They shrugged it off and blamed it on the fact that she'd always wanted a daughter. 
My parents joked she must have been more excited about my birth than they were. My Nana was probably the kindest person I knew. She cared about me a lot, encouraging my athletic abilities and supporting almost every goal I set my mind to. She was a bit of a health freak though. She was never the kind of Nana that baked me cookies or anything. Instead, I was usually greeted with nutritional shakes and plenty of fruits and vegetables. Nana was full of knowledge. You could ask her anything about any era and she had something to say about it. I learned so much from her. The only thing that I would say was a little weird about her is that she was Wiccan. Not that it was a bad thing, but she made me digest a questionable concoction at least once a month. Her hands firmly gripped my head while I downed her drink of berries, spices, and blessings. I did not fight her as it brought her peace. She told me it was blessed with protection. Even the strongest and wisest eventually meet their fate. Nana was diagnosed with an aggressive cancer and did not live past 64. She was laid to rest in a grave chosen by herself. I remember taking eerie walks during full moons with her to bless her resting place. I never understood her Latin chants, but if it made her feel better, I complied. The morning after we laid her to rest, I woke up feeling dizzy and weak. Somehow, my body was moving, but not in the ways my mind was instructing it to. In the following days, this only grew worse. Slowly, I even began to lose my vision. Yet my body still performed, just not to my demands. I could not seek help as I no longer controlled even the words that came out of my mouth. A few days following, I caught patchy glimpses as I traveled to my Nana's. I grabbed some of her favorite things, candles, oils, and her spell book. I migrated back to my home and noticed all of her things had been laid out on my bed. My hands pulled out a photo of myself, with strange symbols drawn all around. The next thing I saw was the photo held above a black candle. Words left my mouth that were not my own. The next moment I had any kind of consciousness, I felt cold. I am now surrounded by an earthy odor. I've lost most of my senses and occasionally I feel things crawling on me. Still, I cannot move or react. Well, that wraps it up for tonight. Thank you so much for making me your spook dealer. I appreciate all of you so much. And as always, if you are a writer yourself and you feel you have a story that belongs at the Uncanny Inn, you can submit it to uncannyinn at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you all.